Welcome to The Worst Thing That We Read This Week, where we talk about the books that we hate to love and love to hate. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Savannah. And welcome back to our podcast. So, weekly disclaimer, because it's been a little while and y'all might have forgotten. <laughs> we don't hate the authors that we're talking about. I we hate We find a lot of them. <laughs> My Shut up, Caitlin. I do not speak Liable. for, I do not speak for Savannah, I speak for myself. <laughs> We don't hate anyone as a podcast collective. I don't hate her as a person. I hate her as a writer. But I'm sorry, continue with your disclaimer. We are not even through the disclaimer yet, and we already have some strong feelings. <laughs> yeah, really, honestly, I, I respect her for um, reasons that we'll get into later, but for mainly for just writing and publishing something online. If you could see my getting face it turned into right a now. Book. <laughs> And we're going to have a chat about it, but um, we buy hard copy of the books every week to support the authors. We support all authors. We support most authors. <laughs> and yeah, we just we just wanted y'all to know if you want to go check out any of the books that we read. We also have a uh, book list. Our schedule's been thrown off a little bit with Caitlin's move and a lot of craziness, but she's going to run through the new updated dates and we're going to stick to those from now on. And in addition to her saying that we're going to stick to them from now on, I'm going to add that they are all subject to change. <laughs> we have... Um, we're liars. No, we're sorry. we are trying to stick to them as much as possible, but we're also coming up on the holidays, so it's all a little bit crazy. But, okay, so the 4th of December, Caraval comes out by Stephanie Garber. Um, the 18th of December is Betrayed by Kristen and PC Cast. The 1st of... January is Unravel Me by Tahara Mafi, starting off the new year shit. with a shit book. I did say some authors, <laughs> didn't I? And 15th of January, we're doing Eclipse. So we're starting to go bi-weekly, so we're not releasing every week, at least for the next little bit. That way we can start building up some episodes again before we're releasing weekly. And we want to make sure that we're getting y'all the best quality that yes. we can. So we're trying out some different uh, long-distance recordings, so we apologize if the audio is inconsistent or anything like that. Um, hopefully, you can stick stick through it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you can hang in there with us. <laughs> so <laughs> Words are hard. With that, um, Savannah, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking an Arizona that I stole out of my mom's fridge. Because I'm sick and <laughs> didn't feel like drinking before my 8 a.m. tomorrow. Caitlin, what so are you drinking? So she can go to the gym, but she can't drink before her 8 a.m. Talk about I'm responsibility. Sorry, I'm going to the gym like twice a week like a fucking adult. <laughs> I cleaned my apartment like a fucking adult. I'm proud of you. You went to a furniture store. That's I went to several thing. today. Last thing that we'll mention before we get into the summary, Savannah's currently eating creamy Biscoff off of her fingers, and it could perhaps be because when I moved out, I took all of the silverware, but uh, off of the same note, Savannah kept half of my dishes and didn't give okay. them back to me. <laughs> all right. All right. If we're going to bring this up, we're going to have two sides of the also, story. <laughs> I purchased a new toaster. It's fine now. <clears throat> Okay, first of all, Savannah packed up your entire kitchen because for you. Because you insisted. You ungrateful bitch. You insisted, and I thanked you. I said, I need to get this packed up. Yes. And you said, no, I'll do it for you. Don't worry and about I, it. I, I apologize that I left a dishwasher load in the dishwasher. I just... <laughs> the night your dad came to pick everything up, but... 
But irresponsible. It has all been clean. <laughs> I have my own dishes yeah. now. The only thing that I don't have is silverware. I have plastic utensils. I didn't want to get up and get them. I really like this Biscoff and I don't you have any regrets. You can get like a pack of like six for $2 at Walmart. I can't hear you if I take my <laughs> earphones out. Um, we're cutting all of that out. Savannah, I think you have the summary this week. I do have the summary this week. If we haven't mentioned it yet, um, we're doing After by Anna Todd this week. It started out as a Wattpad novel. Um, I was a fan fiction girl myself. So, Caitlin, give us a little background. Just, like, explain what Wattpad is for anyone who doesn't know. Well, me in my teenage years was a big fan of Wattpad, <laughs> of publishing... Past Caitlin. Past Caitlin, of publishing and reading on Wattpad. It's a site where you can publish your own stories online. Basically, you would write your, your stories, you would release them chapter by chapter, and then people could, like, vote and comment on them and view them. And the more views, likes, and comments that you got, the higher in rankings that you would get. So, yeah. yeah. So, really similar to uh, fan fiction, which... Again, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what we're talking about, but in case we're not just, like, taking characters from shows or books or media or whatever and, like, writing stories about them. So taking that world and making it um, your own. And also, I don't um, think we mentioned this, but After started out as a Harry Styles fan fiction. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I will never be able to look at that man in the same way again. I know this is a work of fiction. I understand. <laughs> But there's a lot of creepy stuff written no, about real life people. No, but really, <laughs> I when I looked up this book, how it was a Wattpad story turned into a real book, turned into a fucking movie. They're making a second movie. They're making a second movie. And I saw this article talking about how Harry Styles was absolutely appalled with the way that he was like basically portrayed right. in this book. I I wrote a ton on fan fiction in high school. Um but I remember that there was a time when they were talking about, like, well, what are the laws on writing about real human beings? I never wrote about real humans because that, like, skeeves me out. And I just, like, I imagine if I was that person and I'm reading people write about, like, me having sex with other people and doing weird shit, like, I would be upset about that, too. I, think I that's feel like fair. it's probably a... Well, I don't... Because now she's profiting off of yeah, his but image. Like, I mean, yeah, she's changed the names, but everybody knows what it was originally about. I just, <laughs> this is going to be an episode of Tangents. I remember um, I drove down to LA with my sisters <laughs> a couple weekends ago for my sister's birthday. It was really late at night. We were really slap happy. My sister's like, we got to listen to One Direction. We made it through three albums. <laughs> the words to the songs just like came from somewhere deep inside of me. <laughs> and then had this moment where I was like, oh my God, we're recording this episode about this horrible book. <laughs> I had to turn it off. With that summary, <laughs> which is there really a way to summarize yes. this book? Basically, we have uh, our main characters, Hardin and Tessa. We're going to do a quick character introduction of them. We're going to talk a little bit about their personalities. And then we're just going to pull our favorite parts from the story. It is entirely about this toxic relationship. I think bulldozing over the summary there, let's just let's just take a look at the characters first Great, of all. let's start with Tessa. We hate right. her. I think that's a good plan. <laughs> she she is this teenage girl who is the most goody two-shoes of goody two-shoes, straight edge, motherfucking bitch you've ever met in your entire life. From someone who 
who grew up very straight-laced also like it's it's not a bad thing like wear whatever you want do whatever you want but she's very judgmental there's so much slut shaming that comes from her and i'm just like listen girl you do you but let everyone else do them too and also this entire book she's cheating on her boyfriend if she's going to slut shame for girls doing things with boys when they're not in relationships, but she can't, like, admit that to herself, like, you do you, but also you're a terrible person. She yeah, also so has this big vendetta about, against tattoos. She's just like, how could you defile your body with things like tattoos? <laughs> she's like, I don't like to wear makeup. I feel very ugly. And I'm just gonna go to college and focus on grades. And I have my boring boyfriend, Noah. And then she gets there. This is literally before classes even start, and she's already upset with the roommate that she has. She's literally just walked in, seen Steph. She's like, Steph has tattoos and piercings, and college is scary and mean. But at this point, I'm still hoping for some character growth. You know, my hopes haven't been crushed yet. To be fair, we're only like 15 pages in, so... Let's give her some time and see if she grows. Do you guys want to know what her character development is? Instead of judging the guy with tattoos, she comes to having sex with the guy with tattoos. And that's literally Tessa's character arc. Let's talk about the man that she ends up having sex with. What else is there to say other than he is manipulative and a Mm -hmm. dick and she is in an abusive relationship with him? Here's the thing. It's one thing if you are addressing a relationship like this and acknowledging that it is an abusive relationship openly and that is the point of the book is to show the cycle of an abusive relationship. No, she's trying to legitimately create a romance between these two characters and that's the problem with this book. Yeah, the first time that we met Hardin, um, he's just like being grumpy. I don't really think that they interact. She like sees him at a party. The very second time that she meets him, Steph has gotten very drunk. She's very sick. It's a party. Steph and Hardin are friends. So Tess is like, you know what? Maybe she can go and, like, stay in his room and, like, sleep there for tonight just because she's feeling super sick and, like, he's not using it. And Hardin's like, how dare you? Completely goes off. He's like, how dare you bring her in here? No one comes in my room. Like, (laughs) what kind of dick doesn't want to look out for your super drunk friend who's not like she's not throwing up or anything she's just really tired and like needs somewhere to sleep where she's not out with a bunch of strangers that's kind of Harden's character where he just irrationally completely explodes in any situation Mm -hmm. that might even slightly inconvenience him for this episode i made a trope corner um because I read a lot of fan fiction, and so you you have a lot of people tagging, like, which tropes they're using in the stories. And there's some romance tropes that are super fun to play around with. Um, this one does like, all of them. Yeah, but it does them in a really shitty way. <laughs> the one that I hate the most, titled, like, Jerk with a Heart of Gold, which is supposedly what Harden is, where they've got this, like, tough, mean exterior because life has gotten them down. But then afterwards... They, like, meet the love interest, and there you find out that they secretly have this, like, nice inner core. But, like, he doesn't have a nice inner core. He's just, like, a jerk with a heart of dirt. His <laughs> nice inner core is literally him treating her like a human being. And that is, mm-hmm. like, those small moments is what attracts her to him. Yes, yes. Like, the first time that he sees her crying, the very first time, there's a lot of crying, um, and he's like, oh, have you been crying? And she's like, no, leave me alone. 
And he says something that's not a mean comment on her appearance. And she's like, what the hell was that? Harden without any rude comments? Like, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he isn't as bad as I thought. Like, I think of him as I fall asleep. And it's like, no, no, honey. Like, if he's only nice to you when you're crying, we've got a problem. All you need to know about this book is it's literally Tessa being judgmental, Harden being an asshole, Harden and Tessa hook up, Tessa feels guilty about cheating on her boyfriend, and the cycle just repeats itself. The last thing you need to know is that the author never went to college. <laughs> None of these are real college classes. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about before we even get into the plot is how obvious this is that this was a, a Wattpad novel because you have every single stereotype and exaggerated action under the sun because again, it works when you're publishing chapter by chapter, but when you're reading it all in one, you're just like, oh my God, how does anyone relate with or invest in these characters? I just want to point out, you can successfully publish a fan fiction and turn it into a novel without it being 600 pages of, like, not a book. The exact same situation happening every third chapter. So getting into our examples. <laughs> Sorry, I have a cold, so if I sound really snotty, that's why. The first thing that I had was to back up the uh, college point. <laughs> the only college class that we get to see is the English class, because both Tessa and Harden are in it, so it makes for maximum drama picture you're in a huge auditorium <laughs> you're sitting there and all of a sudden these two fucking students in the front stand up and start screaming at each other as the professor asks you in pride and prejudice do you think that the characters should have been together like i'm sorry what English professor are you taking who's like you know Darcy and Elizabeth and their love story do you think that do you think it's realistic that they get married? I I'm sorry. So, Bella and Edward were Romeo and Juliet in New Moon. Um, Tessa and Hardin are apparently Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth. Don't even blaspheme. But that Listen, was, Stephanie that was Meyer. the parallel that Anna Todd was trying to draw here. Stephanie Meyer can have... Romeo and Juliet, I don't care, but she can take, Anna Todd can take Pride and Prejudice over my dead fucking body. <laughs> Tessa and Harden are just screaming at each other because they're arguing over Mr. Darcy and Tessa, which, by the way, both characters were, like, it just happened to line up with the exact situation that Tessa and Harden were in. But, yeah, where is, wait, where is the, I want to, can we act out this scene, yes. please? Just imagine you're sitting in class and all of a sudden these two students are screaming at each other. Um, so the teacher goes, as a reader, did you expect Elizabeth and Darcy to become a couple in the end? Who do you want to be, Caitlin? I think I want to be Harden. <laughs> okay, great. I will be Tessa this time. <laughs> well, the first time I read the novel, I was on the edge of my seat. Blah, 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 blah. But Mr. Darcy is so cruel and says such hateful things about Elizabeth and her family that I don't know if she can forgive him, let alone love him. That's a load. Excuse me? Women want what they can't have. Mr. Darcy's rude attitude is what drew Elizabeth to him so that it would be obvious they would end up together. Um, that isn't true about women wanting what they can't have. 
I don't know what kind of guys you normally go for, but I think that if he loved her, he wouldn't have been mean to her. The only reason he even ended up asking for her hand in marriage was because she wouldn't stop throwing herself at him. She did not throw herself at him. He manipulated her into thinking he was kind and took advantage of her weakness. He manipulated her? Try again. She is, I mean, she was so bored with her boring life, so she certainly was throwing herself at him. Well, maybe if he wasn't such a man whore, he could have stopped it after the first time instead of showing up in her room. <laughs> <laughs> So I run dramatically out awkward of the for everyone, and that's our class. If you grab my arm again, then I'll slap you. Oh my god! <laughs> and of course, there was a fucking rape scene in this book. A fucking course. And literally, after she's almost raped, she runs into Harden's room because it's the only room she knows in this entire fucking frat house. And she's like, Harden, she's banging on the door. Let me in. Let me in. Banging on the door. He finally opens up the door. Fucking makes out with him yep as she's telling him i don't cheat on my boyfriend i don't we're do that on, i'm not that kind of person we're on page 69 of like 700 so uh spoiler alert she cheats on her boyfriend this entire <laughs> this entire book also um themes that we have so far in almost every book that we've read birds fucking birds guess who has a bird tattoo caitlin I think it's not I think me. you should turn it's down not your you. just a little bit. Guess who has a bird tattoo? Harden. Harden has a bird tattoo. Ding, ding, ding. We got a winner. Which just pisses me off. I threw the book. I couldn't handle it. I picked it back up. I kept reading. This book is a train wreck. It would be better if there was an actual train wreck and everyone died. But unfortunately, and then not. we. Maybe in the next. And then we get to, and then we get to the sex scenes where all of my comments are, "Oh dear," because I don't really know what else to say because they're just such awkwardly written sex scenes where they're just so sexually explicit randomly in the middle of things where you're just like, "Oh, oh dear!" I thought we were having dinner at Hardin's parents' house, and now suddenly we're having sex upstairs in the bathroom. What's happening? <laughs> They were having dinner at Hardin's parents' house, and then they're, like, about to have sex out on the balcony. So, that's fun. We're gonna read all of those scenes to you using our sexy podcast- Just kidding. <laughs> this is my sexy podcasting voice. I'm Hardin. Oh, Hardin. <laughs> Where have you been my whole life? He's very creepy. He- Basically, have, his character is he sleeps with a lot of rim, women. He has daddy issues. Well, and then Tessa's sleeping over at Hardin's. They haven't had sex yet. And he just starts going off to her. He's like, I don't know why no one has fucked you yet. She's like, generally, I tell people no. And they listen to the words that I say. Huh. Imagine that. Then he tells her, you should dress for your body, Tessa. That skirt literally looks like a potato sack. That shirt hides your tits, and your tits are nothing you should be hiding. And she just starts explaining, like, I I want you to turn around while I'm changing. I, I don't want you to be staring at me with no clothes on. And he's like, no. And she's like, uh, no, really, like, turn around. And he's like, no, I want to see you take your clothes off. 
And I'm just like, what the, what the fuck, Anna Todd? <laughs> is Listen. this romance? Now, what kind of bird is this? The rapey now, bird, apparently. Reading reading the back of the book, the little blurb about Anna Todd, it says that she's married and has a child. I don't know how she feels about this book now. That would be something interesting to look up. Like, she probably wrote this a long time ago. I wrote some horrible things as a teenager. Um, but it's just blowing up now that she's an adult and, like, married and has a family. So I wonder if that's, like, I wonder if she's getting a lot of I mean, obviously, she's she's profiting off of it, but I wonder if she's also getting a lot of backlash. I understand writing things as a teenager, and I can't even imagine if some of that stuff was, like, out in the world and everyone was reading it now and they made a movie out of it. Like, um, I just, I, I have some sympathy for her. There's also some other times where it's very obvious that Anna Todd doesn't understand just things about living life. Like, for example, every time Hardin drinks... He literally will drink an entire bottle of alcohol. But but just for, like, as a frame of reference, Hardin apparently doesn't drink, or at least doesn't drink very often, when he does drink. And it's, it's an entire bottle of something. And by the end of the night, he always somehow ends up sobered by, by his experiences with Tessa. So, like, he'll be absolutely fucking obliterated never passes out, somehow ends up having this really intimate emotional moment with Tessa, and suddenly he's sobered enough for them to have some sort of sexual encounter. I wish I could be sobered by, like, a harsh discussion. Why does no one throw up in this book? Like, No, and Tessa, the first time she ever touches alcohol, she starts drinking. She drinks quite a bit, and she starts saying, like, oh, like... The ceiling is kind of spinning. I'm, like, stumbling around. I'm like, girl. When the ceiling starts spinning, (laughs) you are about to vomit. At no other point in time in your drinking does that ever happen. No. The moment where you're like, you know what? That floor looks nice. I'm going to sit down. You sit down on the floor. The ceiling starts spinning. You make sure it's You're done for. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You are throwing up for the rest of the night. I'm sorry that's your life now. She goes back. She's like, oh. My, my like, stomach feels kind of gross. She has some water, doesn't throw up, and is like, you know what? I'm going to have some more alcohol. I'm like, bitch, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you ain't. <laughs> Again, let's just remember, Tessa has a boyfriend, Noah, who Tessa has moved away from Why? Home. She doesn't remember her boyfriend, Noah. Know, Why do we have real. to? For real. And, like, he's kind of lame. And, like, you know, whatever. But he seems like a nice enough guy. Like, he's mm-hmm. not he's not bad. He's, he's, like, pretty neutral. Mm-hmm. But, so she has a boyfriend back home. This entire time, she's cheating on him with Hardin. And she just talks about how, like, she doesn't have, like, this kind of sexual chemistry with her boyfriend. Yada, yada, yada. At some point, after Tessa spends the night with Hardin, Hardin and her get in this big fight. She literally disappears for, like, an entire, like, probably almost 24 hours. Noah's trying to, like, figure out what's going on. He gets worried. He drives up to campus, gets into her dorm room, and she walks in after having this fight with Hardin, and Noah's sitting there. And as she's (laughs) trying to explain (laughs) why she wasn't, why she wasn't responding to his calls, fucking Hardin just bursts into the room and is like, Tessa, we're not done. 
it's it's a typical like fan fiction drama and again like i'm here for the fan fiction drama i am not here for the abusive boyfriend drama harden is performing some sort of sexual act on her she starts to think of her boyfriend for the first time ever in this novel we're on page 170 she runs out of the room she goes back to her dorm room noah's there Harden, fucking pissed, fucking pissed that she ran out on him, bursts into the dorm room and says, answer me! (laughs) Tessa's like, please, Harden, don't do this right now. Obviously, my boyfriend is standing right here. Noah's just like, what is going on? She has no other choice but to tell Noah that she spent the night at Harden's house, which honestly, like... Obviously, she needed to have this conversation with Noah, but it's also not his right or his responsibility to choose how she's going to do that. Basically, it just boils down to Noah realizes what's going on. He realizes that she's been screwing around with Harden. He's like, you know what? We've been together for so long that I think that we can work through this. Like, you just can't see him again, which, fair. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, it was a very mature response from him. Spoiler um, <laughs> alert, they see each other again. <laughs> yeah, this is only like a fourth of the way through the book. <laughs> we know it's coming. <laughs> Directly after like calming Noah down, she goes back in, spins on Harden, is like, done with what? Done with what? Like, and fair question. All he's done up to this point is like occasionally do sexual things with her, yell at her, and make her cry. And tell her that he never wants to see her again. (laughs) That continues, that cycle continues for the next, like, 400 pages. Um, alright, so before we get to our fun game that we have planned, um, uh, the secondary characters aren't really important, but this just backs up, I think, the horribleness of all of the rest of the characters. So I'm gonna share it. (laughs) Um, Random, nameless character number one, his name is actually Zed, shows up and there's this point where Tessa is trying to make Harden <laughs> jealous. <this> <laughs> so she's like, I'm gonna go flirt with other guys, which, all right, fair. You do you, girl. She's talking to Zed and they're playing some drinking game. And um, I think they're playing truth or dare. And they dare Zed to, like, go off in a room with Tessa for a certain amount of time. And she's like, she's kind of drunk. She's very uncomfortable. They get up to the room. Zed sits down and is like, let's just talk, yeah, he says. And I nod and look down at the floor. Not that I wouldn't love to do many other things with you, but you're intoxicated and I don't want to take advantage of you. I gasp. Surprised, he beams, and I laugh. A little, I admit. Okay. (laughs) Now, this is a scene that I wrote, are these real people over? Because a man would never be flattered that you thought he was going to rape you and then that you were impressed (laughs) that he didn't. (laughs) That you should ever be proud of a man for not raping you when you had the opportunity to do so. It sets the standard so low. So low. literally on the floor. I hate that she's impressed and surprised that he's not a rapist and he's proud of that. Like, I... What? (laughs) I hate the standards this is setting. It, like, it's like, wow, Zed is such a great guy. He's such a good friend. Like, no. He's a human being. Good job. 
that was my last supporting point. Oh, and the fact that this is very random. Um, but the fact that she brings up co-ed bathrooms, I don't know. Y'all have to write in if you ever had this experience, but those don't exist. I'm sorry. I was in a co-ed building in college. I lived in the dorms for a year. There is no such thing as she's like, I walk into the showers and there's like a man in the showers. I'm like, girl, no, there's not. <laughs> no, there's not. <sighs> I want to take a moment and talk about her breakup scene with Noah. So basically, she gets upset with Harden because he's not taking her serious like a girlfriend. She's upset because she's like, I know I'm with someone else, but also you're not paying me enough. You're not paying me the attention that I need in order to break up with my current boyfriend to move on to you. She doesn't have a solid backup lined up. She gets furious. She rushes into her room trying to escape Harden. Noah, again, is sitting on her bed. Fuck, he just shows up at the most inconvenient times. And... He's like a conscience. Noah shows up at her dorm because he's worried about her, and also he already knows that she's been cheating on him, so he is a little bit trying to keep tabs on her. She doesn't see any texts or missed calls from him when she's staying the night at Harden's house, so she thinks that she's in the clear. Harden went through her phone and deleted all of the text messages and calls that Noah had sent her so that she would stay the night at his place. So because <laughs> Noah didn't get any text or calls back, he came to her ha- her apartment or her dorm. Wow. <laughs> he came to her dorm thinking that she's like dead. And now here they are. And give me a give me a manipulative score. Um going through your not even significant other, going through your fuck buddy's phone, deleting texts from their significant other so that they'll stay where they are. At my ex. Anyways, (laughs) uh, her and Harden literally start having this conversation while Noah's just, like, standing there, and he's just, like, sitting there and taking it, and Harden's basically just like, I'm gonna fight for you, and Tessa is like, are you really? And Harden's like, yeah. And Noah's like, this is bullshit. And Tessa's like, Noah, you should go. And then her and Harden just, like, embrace, and then, like, suddenly they're together. And Noah just leaves. Like, that's their breakup, is Tessa literally just being like, Noah, I think you should go, because Harden says that now he wants to fight for me. Mm -hmm. See ya! Stupidness. He just, like, his actions are horrible. There's a fucking part where they go out to a restaurant, and he, like, gets upset with her because she brings up the topic of his dad and he throws a chair across the restaurant. Like, she knows this man is problematic, but then he'll say something nice and she's like, oh my god. Oh my god, he's expressing his feelings and emotions. Oh my god. Oh my god, I gotta jump my boyfriend. Not to mention, okay, so Noah leaves. Harden and Tessa can finally be together. What does Harden do immediately after they can finally be together? He goes bowling with his friends. He fucking <laughs> leaves her. He leaves her. This bitch is broke up with her boyfriend to be with him. <laughs> leaves to go bowling. I'm just saying, what? if I had the opportunity to go on a date with someone, <laughs> or if I could go bowling, I would go bowling. <laughs> So anyways. Can't fault him for this. (laughs) Um and obviously, obviously, even though he never says it, 
obviously he's in love with her because on one of the many occasions he makes her cry, she's driving away from him and his face looks sad. So (laughs) her friend is like, Tessa, it's obvious he really loves you because he's heartbroken and you can't be heartbroken if you aren't in love. (laughs) Since we covered, is there anything else that you wanted to cover? Any important moments or should we let everyone uncover those gems for themselves? I mean, we still have, so Tessa has an internship where she basically reads the slush pile of this slush this slush pile of her publisher's whatever manuscripts but reading the slush pile means that she reads the entire manuscript and also has her own office and also gets paid so i'm confused she gets paid a lot to do nothing like she goes to her internship in the book she, like, doesn't do any internship things. She just, like, talks to people in the office, like, maybe, like, chills at her desk, and they're like, you can go home early. There's, like, nothing here to do. But Has sex but with Harden like, on the yeah, counter. But, and also, also her boss is like, we're going to pay you $200 a week. And Bitch, Tessa's no, like, they ain't. Tessa's <laughs> like, $200 a week? That should be enough for me to get my own apartment, albeit a tiny one. And I'm like, where the fuck is this bitch living making $800 a month? Even if you don't have any, like, even if you don't eat or get yourself anywhere or anything after that, like, $800 is not going to buy you an apartment. So anyways, um, then we move into the ending. And as the ending unfolds, now, let me just... Let me just say this. When I read a book, I cannot help myself but to read the last page of the book. I was so angry. I called Caitlin because we were like, hey, we're going to try and not talk about it as much as we can so that we can save our points for the podcast. But I called her at one point and I was just like, listen, (laughs) this book sucks. We need to talk. And I I had just finished it, and I was like, the ending makes me so, so angry. And do you know what she did? Went and read the ending. But I, I only read, like, I only called out certain parts of it. Like, I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, she's obviously mad at, that, mad at him, and she's like, I can't forgive you ever, Harden. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. And suddenly... I read the portion that says, You kept the condom to show them, Harden. You show them the sheets. The bloody fucking sheets. I wrap my hands in my hair and tug at it. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. While I was reliving every detail of the best night of my life, you were showing your friends the sheets. And I'm looking at it and I was like, Huh. (laughs) And then I sit there for another second. That's a weird conversation. And all I read was that portion. I was like, Oh my fucking god. How did I not realize that this whole thing was a bet? The whole thing was a bet. That is the ending. The ending is that he slept with her. Sorry, I just knocked my microphone. The whole goal. (laughs) She's like throwing things across the room, (laughs) dumping her drink on the ground. He's just like, he basically. Oh, I just took my drink. Oh, no. You're not even the one drinking. Good, it's fine. It's It's just spiked Arizona. (laughs) The whole thing is. Tessa tells his group of friends, I'm a virgin. Harden thinks it would be funny if someone in their group took 
her virginity and they have a bet going phrase. for it. Basically, Harden and Zed take this as an opportunity to try and have sex with Tessa. And she kind of uses Zed for a second to make Harden jealous. And this whole time, Harden was just trying to get in Tessa's pants so that he could win money. And then he brings them the used condom and the bloody sheets from her losing her virginity to show his friends to win money, which he then uses to buy their apartment. Which... And- <sighs> also- Listen! <laughs> also, not to mention, he gets her to sign a lease with him so that she's then trapped in a relationship with him in case she ever does find out. So he, like, forces her into this apartment so that even if she finds out, she's stuck with him legally. Dude, I was, okay, I was upset for many reasons. The first was for all the reasons that you just gave. The second was that I didn't fucking see it coming. Do you know how many? This is the ending of every Wattpad novel ever. This is every fan fiction. Do you know how many fake dating and like, oh, there was a bet. And then there's like this huge moment of betrayal. But then it's like, oh, but I fell in love with you in the process. Like, uh, I fucking will read the shit out of that trope. But it's just so disgusting here. Like, it, first of it, all, it's hinted at. Harden anyway. Like, the, I feel like the thing with most books that have bets in them is you still kind of like the person who did the bad thing. Yeah. Here you fucking hate Harden. And it's just like, you get hints throughout the book. It's not like it's not hinted at where she'll say, like, sh- sh- the Tessa will be alone with Zed and Harden's like did he tell you anything? Like, what do you know? What was going on? And the whole time I was like, what's the deal with Zed? Like, what's going on with him over there? And then she like sees him like tucking the used condom in his pocket. And she's like, hmm, that's kind of gross. And you're like, yeah, that's kind of weird and shady. She's also kind of like, who am I to question it when I don't really know what you do with the used condom, you know? like (laughs) Maybe you save them in a jar. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Maybe you you have to recycle them in a certain kind of plant. (laughs) They can also recycle semen. <laughs> but straight um, up. It's the purple side. recycling bins. You have like, you have green, <laughs> blue, and purple. Purple, purple is, is for the sex condoms. Yeah. Used condoms. Sex toys. Used tampons. Sex yes. toys. <laughs> yes. All of those things. I was just so upset that I didn't see it coming because it was so obvious looking back on it. And I just, ugh. I was mad about this ending for like a week afterwards. I was mad at Harden. I was mad mm-hmm. at Tessa. I was especially mm-hmm. mad at Anna fucking Todd. Mm-hmm. Also, listen. Because she tricked me. She tricked me. <laughs> she did a very good job of okay. tricking us. I thought the twist ending was going to be the same bullshit it always was. It wasn't. It's I so gotta much give her worse. kudos. She did she did the twist thing. She you did know, that. You want to know what's even more frustrating? What? They're still going to end up together in the end. I know they are. But here's the thing. It would have been so much easier. Like, I know Harden is a fictional character. But why not just take Tessa, be like, listen, we get all this money if I pretend to date you. In the beginning, I was fake dating you. I know that that's a really shitty thing. But, like, after everything she's taken him back after, just to let her know, like, hey... 
before you sign this lease with me, I really do want to move in with you, but we got to trick my friends so that they don't know. So, like, just so you know, here's what's going on. Do you want to stay with me and get the money? We can buy an apartment. Like, just communicate. I don't know. I'm glad it's over with. I'm sad that we have four more to read. Before we close out the episode, we're going to do another fun round of Rapid Fire, this time run by Caitlin. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to close my book for it. This one is called Harden or My Ex. I'm going to read you a series of 11 things that I have written down. Oh, great. Um, And you're going to tell me if this is something that Harden did or my toxic, abusive ex-boyfriend did. If there are any, I I hope that there's not like young teenage girls listening to this podcast, (laughs) but um, if there are. I was a young teenage girl. If your boyfriend is doing Mm -hmm. any of the following in this rapid fire session. This is not romance. If you're reading this book, this is not cute or funny or desirable. This is very shitty. And if anyone's ever treating you like this, I'll kill them and hide their body in a ditch somewhere. And also, this is not what sex is like. Don't let Anna Todd (laughs) tell you what sex is. (laughs) But with that, okay, um, rapid fire. Harden or my ex? I'm ready. My book is gone. I am fully focused. Let's go. Openly talks about other girls he has been with or wants to be with in front of you. Both? Both. Insists on paying for an apartment so that you are indebted to him. Harden. Trick question, both. Insists on driving absolutely what? everywhere. Wait! <laughs> Wait! <laughs> I don't know this story. Go back. You never moved in. No, we together. Didn't. But he just, like, his whole thing was always just insisting that once we moved in together, because the conversations were always once it happened, mm-hmm. not if it was going to happen, mm-hmm. he would be the one to pay for it. And originally I was like, wow, what a noble thing to do. And then I was like, Oh, no. He just wanted to trap me into something. Oh, shit. Yeah. No. I'm... Ew. Gross. Okay, continue. Insists on driving absolutely everywhere, even if you are taking your car. Both. Yes. Openly criticizes and belittles every man in your life that is not him. Both. Shows up at your work, uninvited and unannounced. I'm gonna go with both? Both. I think that's a both. Yep. mm -hmm. Both. Yep. <laughs> Tries to manipulate the way you view the world, as in politics, relationships, women, etc. All of the above. Lectures you extensively to try and get you to see things his way. Hmm. Is it... Could it be Harden and your ex? It is both. I can confirm. <laughs> Will not allow you to leave and or break up with him. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is both. This is both. I think you should give a brief brief summary of that story if it's not too traumatic. I broke up with my ex two times. The first time... <laughs> Out of necessity. The first time we were sitting in my car, I was like, I'm breaking up with you. He wouldn't get out of my car. He was like, no, you're not. <laughs> it got... It got to the point where we had been sitting in my car for so long with him trying to convince me to not break up with him that... My dad, like, drove into the parking lot that we were sitting in to be like... God bless him. Are you okay? (laughs) So my dad drives into the parking lot after, like, an hour of us sitting there. 
So I just took This is why we need tasers. I feel like if the option was like, I'm going to tase you or you're going to get out of my car, he would have been out of that car so fast. (laughs) And we were still together for like another month because I was like, he's making me feel like I'm the one that's not trying. Like, clearly I need to be trying harder. He was the actual worst. And honestly, I wish you had had a taser. I wish I had a taser and I could knew where he was so I could just go. So I could go tase him now. Anyways, uh, Uh final thoughts. Um, I guess my only final thought is, listen, I, as much shit as we're giving Anna Todd, I do respect somebody for writing a huge, long, full-length novel and getting it published. I don't agree with anything inside of it, (laughs) but, um, I was thoroughly entertained for, like, the first 50 pages and the last 50 pages, um... I think the moral of the story is that women are not rehabilitation centers and if and men honestly if you have a toxic girlfriend like listen people need to improve on their own if they're but willing to do that great it is not your trope, job to fix them it's also the trope that women should be the ones to fix their boyfriends and while yes. again you're right like men should not have to fix their girlfriends that are a complete mess mm-hmm. or or the other any partner, way around. Any significant yeah, exactly. other. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, it is the trope of a woman fixing her toxic boyfriend. Yeah. And Sorry, it's just, continue with your rant. It's just not our job. It's not anyone's job. So that's my my final thought is that I really don't want to read the rest of these and I we might just forget that they're on the list and, and not. <laughs> Caitlin, what are your final thoughts? Um, okay. So I use, so I have a novel published on Wattpad. (laughs) Please share the name. It's not good. Please share the name. It's (laughs) called, it's called The Drug Dealer's Handbook. It's based loosely on my ex-boyfriend and my ex-boyfriend's brother. Not the one, not the toxic one. He was Mm -hmm. a good guy. He just like wasn't for me, you know, whatever. And I know how hard it is to... Because, like, my my novel on Wattpad got reasonable attention. And I understand what it's like to have people that are, like, constantly pushing you to upload. To have people that are constantly pushing you and, like, saying, like, wow, this is so good. You know, whatever. I and get you're a literal child. I, under, <laughs> I understand what, the, what, what, what writing a Wattpad novel is like. However, this book exemplifies every single reason on why a Wattpad novel should not become a real, published, in-your-hand kind of book. Here's a thing to go off of. I think that's a good point that you just made, too, because, um, I mean, I wrote I wrote a ton of fan fiction. I've deleted a lot of it, so <laughs> it's gone now. Sorry, Percy Jackson song fix. <laughs> but um, Sing us a song. Sing us a song. <laughs> no, we don't sing on this podcast. <laughs> also, I'm sick. You I'll sing. Everything. I'll sing you a song next week. Anyway, is it's this question of like, should fan fiction and Wattpad authors be able to profit off of using someone else's lives or someone else's works? Like, should you be able to make money for this? Um, I mean there's a lot of controversy over like putting ads on the site, like really popular fan fiction sites and 
um, whether people should have to pay to have access, like freedom of speech. There's so many interesting like dialogues going on surrounding it. All I know <laughs> is that I saw an Elsa and Anna fan fiction in Barnes <laughs> Noble the other day that was like that. I can't even remember the name. I don't want to know it. I blocked it from my memory. The tagline was, what if Elsa and Anna never met? And it scarred me for life. <laughs> so that's all. That's the that on that. <laughs> like, what the fuck? They're sisters. What do you mean? What if they never met? I am upset that people are capitalizing off of Disney somehow with your fit. Like, how did you even get the rights to what? But anyways, so if you want to go, if you want to go buy yourself a copy and let us know um, what your least favorite parts were, what the worst uh, and best <laughs> parts were, um, please send it in to us. Our social media is up and running still. Our email is worst thing we read at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at worst thing we read. Twitter is worst T H N G we read. Um, that's our Twitter handle. Great. Yep. Um, oh, and also we did have, um, <laughs> I told her I would bring this up on our podcast. <laughs> we and did our have our first fan mail. And our first fan mail. Sup <laughs> is, a. Uh, is we're this super from excited about <laughs> yes um she wrote in and literally said nothing but fan mail so i and i I'm think the subject of her message was first <laughs> it was so congratulations Isa. you were the first to write in um, shout out i'm assuming fan mail means you enjoyed it so uh thanks for sharing and getting in touch <laughs> and <laughs> I just forgot everything I was going to say. So uh, we were we moving on to another. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the best thing we read this week. Do you have one in mind? Because I have one in mind. Uh, no, go for it. What is so, it? So this week, best three, best thing I read this week, but I know that Savannah's a big fan, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, my God. <laughs> These books uh, are so yes. good. They are for everyone. They are not kids books. They are for adults, too. I was fully invested the entire time. Her writing, J.K. Rowling's writing is just so smart. Mm -hmm. It's smart. It's entertaining. Love it. This is your That's first all. time reading all of the books all the way through, yeah? No. No, no, no. It's not. Okay, you've no, read them this all is the way like my, This okay. is like my third or fourth time, but this is, my this is my first time as an adult where I can fully remember and invest myself in the world. I feel like every other oh, time okay. I read it was when I was younger and when I didn't uh, really understand wholeheartedly what I was getting myself into. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. I just split them up too much to where I didn't know the whole story. So now I'm reading them all over again to really yeah. get them No, I have, back. like, I have really fond memories of, like, waiting for the next book to come in the shipment. And my mom and I would, like, fight over who got to read it first <laughs> and steal it from each other. And um, reading it as an adult is a totally different experience. Yeah. Um, shout out to Potterless, by the way, who... We'll probably uh, never, ever listen to anything on our tiny little podcast, but uh, Mike Schubert is awesome and hilarious. And if you've already read the books and you're looking for a podcast to do some more literary discourse, um, he's hilarious and it's a great podcast. So go check out Potterless. Well, thank you all for continuing to listen. We really appreciate you sticking with us and we will see you next week. Not with our eyes, but with our mouths.